welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to copreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I'm going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow copreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome back to another episode of the Copper Newer Path podcast. As always, I'm your host, Adam Wills. And today isn't really just another episode of the Copper Newer Path podcast. Today is episode 100 of the podcast. Man, I got to tell you, when I first started this podcast, I didn't even know for like the first 10 episodes if anybody was even listening let alone did I ever imagine that I would reach episode 100, which seems so far off at that time. But yet here we are uh, about two years later, episode 100. And, you know, leading up to this, I, I kept pondering, what can I do that is really special for episode 100? And I, I, I struggled with it. I couldn't really come up with what I thought would make this episode really special. And then one day I was talking to someone who is a relatively new listener of the podcast. And he had been telling me that he was going back and binging through all of the past episodes and trying to find the best golden nuggets that he could find out of those episodes. Um, But that he admitted, uh, even though (laughs) in less than a week, he had been through like 20 or, or 30 episodes, he admitted that it was a little bit daunting because there are just so many episodes to go through. And some of the older episodes, for those of you that have been around since the very beginning, uh, back when this first started off as the as the Public Safety Innovators podcast, many of those old episodes were like an hour long. And so he's like, man, it's just so daunting to go through these and find all these golden snippets and these or these golden nuggets that you have. Um, but I'm doing it. And that's when I figured it out. And I decided that starting with this episode, episode 100, we are going to do a series of best of show episodes where we're going to do all the work for you and going back to those early episodes and even working our way up to some of the more current ones and finding some of those those awesome moments in podcast history, if you will, of this podcast, the Copper Newer Path podcast and what used to be the Public Safety Innovators podcast. And so We've gone through, we've pulled some of those out, and that's what I want to present to you here today. So we're going to go ahead and dive in with the very first uh, snippet here, the very first clip, and that is actually going all the way back to episode six called Cutting Out the Cancer. That's the way we've always done it. And that episode was, was with Scott Savage of Savage Training Group, and we talked about This idea of law enforcement and how we were stuck in the way, that's the way we've always done it mentality. And what I want to present to you guys today is this podcast has become more and more focused on business and marketing and helping you grow your business post law enforcement or post whatever, because as this podcast has grown, we've actually had a lot of new listeners that 
aren't post law enforcement at all. Many of them are just post public safety in general, military veterans, uh, EMS fire. And so what I want to present to you guys today is that that episode, even though it was way back, episode six, uh, is still relevant today because this concept of that's the way we've always done it applies to marketing as well. Copernewers, as as I've worked with many of you and heard feedback from many of you and, and participated with you guys in masterminds in the Eliota CEO community, Copernewers that I find are used to that, that's the way we've always done it attitude and are steeped in that and stuck in that from their law enforcement career tend to struggle with this concept bleeding into their personal as well as their business lives. So if you are that person that is currently leaving your law enforcement career or has already left and you are starting your own business, you might be finding that even though you may not agree with and subscribe to the that's the way we've always done it mentality, you're likely still falling into it because it is so deeply ingrained into us in our law enforcement careers. I'll give you an example of how this correlates or or translates into your business post-law enforcement. I talked to a fellow copreneur recently who uh, had had some success running their own Facebook ads uh, for several years now, uh, running their their own post-law enforcement business. And they found what worked and they just kind of stuck with it and kept doing the same thing over and over again because it was working. Well, if you haven't been following along lately, there's been a lot of changes in Facebook and Facebook advertising specifically over the last couple of years. The algorithm has changed, uh, intent has changed, and more importantly, there was a big update with iOS 14 that really threw a stick in the spoke of the Facebook ads bicycle. And if you didn't stay up to to date on things during that transition and pivot and adjust your tactics, you would fall behind. And this particular copper newer, that is exactly what he expressed to me is that I don't understand why this isn't working anymore. I'm wasting thousands and thousands of dollars on Facebook ads because I'm doing the same thing. It's the way I've always done it. Why doesn't it work anymore? Well, uh, unfortunately, he allowed that that's the way we've always done it mentality to bleed into his business and was unable to recognize that that's the way he's always done. It wasn't working anymore. And so I wanted you guys to avoid that, not only in your law enforcement careers, but in your personal lives and in your business as well. So let's go ahead and dive into this first clip and check out what Scott Savage has to say about it. We hear that phrase among police officers all the time. Well, gee, that's, that's the way we've, we've always done it. And it usually, that is the answer to the question, why did you do that? <laughs> and right. in law enforcement, why we do things more than ever before has become a, a matter of intense scrutiny, you know, in the, in the media, amongst the public, and for good reason. We should constantly be asking, why did we do that? Why did we do that? Why are we doing this? So if the answer is, gee, that's the way we've always done it, then the next logical question would be, is that a good thing? You know, are we doing this based on a scientific study? Are we doing this based on a, if not that, a best practice? Are we doing that because it's working for us and it's very successful and we should keep doing that? But if the answer is, well, it's, it's not necessarily successful. It's not really based on any best practice or scientific study. 
I guess then naturally we should be saying, maybe we should do something different and innovate a little bit. But ours is a profession that gets kind of stuck sometimes in doing things the way we've always done it. So it's great to see someone like you dedicating a podcast and creating media and having interviews about people that want to innovate and do something maybe maybe a little different. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think tradition is an important piece of what we do in law enforcement. I mean, there's there's a long history and tradition around that industry. And I think it's something that we have to hold fast to. It's it's important for us to keep our traditions close. But you're right, when when that starts to bleed into the way we operate, and if our answer is nothing more when asked why we're doing something a certain way, well, that's the way we've always done it. Well, that's a problem. I mean, uh, what I always used to tell my guys when I would ask them that question, why why did we do it this way? And that was never meant to be an accusatory thing or, or there was never a reason to read into that beyond the simple nature of the question. It's truly just an inquisitive, hey, explain to me, why, why did you do this this way? I'm interested in learning your thought process behind it. And when I would get that response of, well, that's the way we've always done it. My next question is, do you think that's an appropriate response when you're on the stand? You know, I mean, if, if you're asked that question by a, a defense attorney, are you going to say that's the way we've always done it? <laughs> I mean, that's not going to get you very far, is it? No, you're absolutely right. It's not defensible. Sim- simply absent any other better reason, that's not a defensible answer. And why is that important? Why should your listeners care? Well, you know, why should... Should the folks that are in your audience be concerned with that? Well, I think it's because we have a problem. You know, we in the United States uh, have an issue and that we as police officers have a problem. And that problem is there is a uh, disparity between what sort of the public and the media and the folks that we serve expect of us and what we as police officers expect of them. There's this kind of divide going on, right? And and one only need to open yeah. the news or look on YouTube or, or or talk to sort of anyone and be like, and I think you'll find that how the police think they should operate, and I, I'm one of them. I've been a policeman for 21 years and I'm a police trainer. I'm, I'm immersed in it. How we sort of think the world should operate and, and we should operate might not be quite the same as the average citizen thinks which is probably vastly different than a sort of staunch police critic thinks we should operate. And that's the issue. And while it's okay to disagree about expectations and what we, what we want of each other, the reason it's such a huge problem is that ours is a deadly serious profession. Ours is the only profession that we walk around all day long with a gun on our hip and we can make independent decisions about who to shoot and a byproduct of that is often kill, right? No one else makes that decision. A a soldier operating in in a war zone is not making those types of independent decisions about who to shoot, who not to shoot. A security guard who may be armed is not making those types of decisions. The police have one of the most challenging or complex professions there is. And so, One would think, if nothing else, we need to be crystal clear as a society about what we expect police officers to do. And police officers need to be equally clear on 
what the what what is the world expecting me to do sort of what's my role what's my mission how would you like me to handle x y and z and that's the issue we have right and to your point that's the way we've always done it oftentimes the police will take some affirmative action perhaps be involved in a controversial use of force and someone will ask them be it an investigator or a defense counsel or the media is asking, well, gee, why did the police do that? And oftentimes it is, well, that's that's how I was trained. Which that's how I was trained may be a version of that's how we've always done it. Man, that was an awesome episode with Scott Savage, wasn't it? Well, let's go ahead and jump right into the next one here, guys. Clip number two for this episode it goes all the way back now to episode 17 of the podcast, which was actually a solo episode I did titled Seeking Clarity, How to Prosper in 2021. So this was published right at the very beginning, January 18th of 2021. And I talk a bit here about making mistakes and how making mistakes is something that we need to embrace because it helps us become better. You guys need to give yourself the latitude to make mistakes and and have the ability to recognize even mistakes as being a step towards success. So go ahead, let's listen to this next clip, episode 17, Seeking Clarity, How to Prosper in 2021. Of course, you know, making those mistakes like I talked about is part of the process, okay? It's just part of the process of being successful. You make mistakes, you learn from them, and you come out better for it. It's like training a muscle, right? So when you go to the gym and you work out, you're lifting weights, you're actually creating small tears in your muscles. That's just part of what happens physiologically when you are lifting weights and exercising. But those small tears are what make the muscle bigger and what makes it stronger. And so you have to make mistakes. You have to have challenges and you have to be fluid and flexible because those challenges are going to make you better. They're going to make you stronger. They're going to make you wiser. They're going to help you make more intelligent decisions. I guess to kind of go forward here, I know that goals at the beginning of the year, setting goals uh, at the beginning of the year, New Year's resolutions, if you want to call them that, it's a bit cliche. Okay. I get that. But I feel like that's only the case if you're setting unrealistic goals that you know you have no intention of actually following through on. So this is like that goal that you set last year when you said, uh, this year, my 2020 resolution for New Year's is that I'm not going to eat donuts anymore. And then, you know, within just a few weeks of that, before the month of January was even out, you sat down and you ate like six donuts all at once. I, I know, I see you. Um, I, I know you did that. So <laughs> anyway, you don't have to set unrealistic expectations for yourself. Okay. Goal setting at the beginning of the year is about sitting down and actually saying, these are the things I can accomplish. So now I've set a number of goals for myself this year, both personally and professionally. And my number one goal this year professionally is to help more cops like you guys that are listening to the show, find a sense of stability and certainty about your future through entrepreneurship or as I like to call it, cop renewership. Okay. So I want to help you guys in your journey to become a cop renewer, to start your own business, be successful, create a lifestyle that you love, that you can look forward to either as a plan 
when you're done with your law enforcement career, set a goal and say, you know what, in five years, I'm planning on, on retiring and I want to start this business. And this is the, the lifestyle I want to live. I want to be my own boss. I want to work from home. I want to set my own hours. I want to be able to have a business where I can work from anywhere and go sit on a beach or whatever that may be. Okay. I want to help you guys do that through the lessons that I have learned in the last couple of years, starting my own business. And now having a business where I'm actually coaching other people in doing that very exact thing. I have had my challenges that I would do different. Okay. And, and I want to help you avoid some of those pitfalls. I've also found a lot of things that are really, really successful at meeting that endeavor. So for those of you that have been faithful listeners of the show, you would know that, you know, I run a marketing and web design agency, as I gave you a little bit of background on a few minutes ago. So as a marketing strategist myself, because I've stepped away from the web design part of things largely, now I function mostly as a marketing strategist and a coach for my clients and helping them create a clear message for their company. And then I lay that out as a strategy for them to execute that will get their message out to the right audience. And so we do that by you know implementing that messaging across their website, their sales funnel, and then we give them the tools necessary to also apply that to all of their other marketing collateral. And so we have a small team, two web designers, a copywriter, a developer. And of course, I can't forget my wife, who is the CEO of the company. We specialize in working with companies who are serving the public safety and private security industries for obvious reasons. And what I want to do is take everything that I've done with other clients and help them succeed. And I want to focus that purely uh, and intentionally on helping you guys, helping cops that are either in the process of planning for a business post law enforcement, or maybe are already there and have started their business and are just wanting to grow that business and make it more successful. There's one thing that has been kind of interesting about this year or this, excuse me, this last year for me. And that's that the podcast brought out an audience that I had not anticipated. And I started receiving messages from you guys that were interested in starting your own businesses. As you you heard the episodes and me interviewing people and talking about these successful businesses that are doing things that are innovative. And then you heard me talk a little bit about my background and what my business is and, and coaching and helping clients with their marketing strategy. And so a lot of you have reached out to me and asked for advice and input. And some of you have actually become clients of mine in the process of this as we've uh, helped create successful strategies for you guys. And so that that unintentional audience came out. And I thought, man, I need, I need to help more of these people. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed that clip from episode 17. And just remember, guys, make your goals achievable. That's how you overcome the challenges that come from making mistakes. You know, as I was listening to that clip, it made me think of something recently. I had the awesome experience of going down to Costa Rica for a conference, and I got to hear Jesse Itzler speak. Now, if you don't know who Jesse Itzler is, uh, he was essentially a white kid that tried to become a rapper back in the mid-90s under the name of Jesse James. That didn't quite work out for him, but he did end up figuring out how to become a phenomenal entrepreneur and started and sold several multi-billion dollar companies. And the guy is extremely inspirational and seeing him speak was extremely inspirational. And one of the things that I took away from his keynote was the importance of putting your life 
on offense, not on defense, right? You are in control of your time. You're in control of how you use it. Nobody else is in control of it. And yes, you may have a job or you may be running a business and, it, and you may have clients and it may feel like sometimes you're not the one in control, but ultimately you are. And sometimes we have to make difficult life decisions in order to take back control. And in fact, that's something I'm struggling with and working on right now. But what I loved about what he had to say is that you need to take back control of your time and do the things you love to do. And so he broke down and this, this, uh, methodology that he uses in order to do that. And so the first thing is, is that every year you should do one year defining thing. One thing that will define your year and create an everlasting memory that you will never forget. Something that you can always look back on and be like, oh yeah, 2022 was marked by this one thing that I got to do, or I got to experience, or I got to uh, have as as a memory with other people. So every year, do one year defining thing. The next thing is that every other month, do one thing that you wouldn't have done otherwise, uh, as he called it, a mini adventure. So do one thing that you wouldn't have done otherwise and create a memory for that period, that every other month chunk of time. Then lastly, every year, add three to five new winning habits, habits that help you achieve a better life of better, greater balance and, and allow you to enjoy the time that you have. So let's move on now to the next clip which comes from episode 18, the very next episode in the podcast. Episode 18 uh, was titled From LAPD Gang Cop to CEO of a Multi-Million Dollar Facebook Ads Agency with Jason Smith. Jason Smith, as it's mentioned in the title there, was an LAPD gang cop, and he uh, decided after a career in, in law enforcement to start his own Facebook ads agency. Jason is awesome. Jason is one of the, in my personal opinion, the best Facebook ads agencies in existence. And I'm not just saying that because it's my opinion. He's actually, him and his agency have been featured in Facebook case studies uh, at least two or three times that I'm aware of, which is really unprecedented. For Facebook themselves to feature your agency in a case study is significant, even if it only happens once. But to have it happen two or three times where he's had such amazing success for his clients that he would be featured two or three times is absolutely unprecedented. Um, and in this podcast, he talks about some amazing things that are really helpful for you um, if Facebook ads are of interest to you and you're just not sure the direction to go. So let's go ahead and jump in and listen to the next clip. Yeah, I could build my own website and I could set up my own sales funnel and I could do my yep. own email marketing and I could write my own blog posts and I can do my own Facebook ads and I and that's okay. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. We've talked right. about that before on the show that, you know, it's, it's okay to bootstrap. In fact, you have to, like, you yeah. have to prove the concept of your, of your business and identify if people actually want what you have to offer first. But at some point you have to take the recognition that it is more important for you as the leader of your business, the one who's running it, the, the mastermind behind it to work on your business, yeah. not in your business. Right. And so we talked about this a bit with uh, Bill Fogarty, episode 13. Um, we talked to Bill Fogarty on the show, and he spouted off this list of seven foundational principles 
for starting your own business post law enforcement. And the Mm -hmm. last one, number seven was find the money to do it right and invest in somebody who knows what they're doing. And that's exactly what you're talking about. I mean, there's just beyond the knowledge part of it, you know, you could take these courses, like you said, and, and they're, they're out there in abundance. Everybody is, (laughs) everybody, everybody wants to sell a course. Trust me. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and everybody has a YouTube PhD. Exactly. Exactly. And so, I mean, those courses are out there and it's not that the knowledge they're sharing is wrong. It's just that the platform itself of Facebook and Instagram and any of these other social media platforms, it evolves so much over time and people's buying habits change based upon whatever's going on in the world. Like we've saw seen this last year that you need somebody who is constantly immersed in that world of Facebook ads, for example, to be able to give you the best strategy and maximize the amount of money that you're spending on your ads so you can get a higher return. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Totally. And, and again, like I don't even have a course that I'm selling, you know what I mean? I've been doing this for a long time, very successful at it, really good at running Facebook ads and Instagram ads and growing businesses and all this stuff. Like if I let you into my business manager and showed you all the clients we have, most people are like, holy crap. And I don't, I'm not even out there trying to sell a course like, Hey, let me show you how to run Facebook ads because I know, I know that you're not going to be able to get the same results as I can get you. And also I do want to point out, and you mentioned something that I kind of want to just elaborate on a little bit is that try to find, you know, that principle number seven that you were talking about, try to find somebody that knows what they're doing that you can trust. That's also hard, right? Where do you go? Like, there's all these people. You're getting ads. You're probably getting ads in your newsfeed every day. Hey, this is Joe from So and So Marketing. Let me help you scale your Facebook ads. Can you really trust that guy? Maybe call him and interview him. You know, get on a phone call with. But it's also very hard to find a good agency. There's a lot of really crappy agencies out there that will charge you five thousand dollars a month and not do anything for you. And then that makes my job harder because when you come to me. And you say, hey, man, you know, I have this agency. I don't think it's working out. Then I get in and I do an audit for you. And I give you like a 30-page audit of what we could be doing better, what we would do is if our agency came on and handled your stuff. And it's not to talk trash about the other agency. I mean, literally, I don't say anything. I go in and do an audit and people freak out. They're like, holy crap, some of the stuff I didn't even, I didn't even know you could do with Facebook why didn't the agency do this for me before? I'm like, look, I don't know why the agency did, didn't do that for you before. We're here now. And it just it makes us have to jump through all these hoops and red tape to, to gain confidence and trust with the client, which they should have been handled correctly in the first in the first place. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that clip from episode 18. A couple things that I took away from that that I hope you guys did as well is that bootstrapping is a good thing in your business but only for a time. Eventually, you need to take those skills and that knowledge that you gained from bootstrapping things such as running your own Facebook ads and instead find an expert that can do it for you that can amplify the results that you're getting. And then Jason also talked a bit about choosing the right partner for your marketing and why that is so important. And so I hope you guys took those golden nuggets away as well. Let's jump into this next clip, which comes from episode 22. So just a few episodes later, episode 22 is actually another solo episode that I did called Isolation is the Enemy of Excellence. And what you guys are going to hear in this clip 
is my story or a bit of my my own transition story after I left my law enforcement career where I found myself struggling with imposter syndrome. And you're going to hear exactly what I went through there. And you're going to hear um, why it was so detrimental. Isolation is something that we all struggle with. We all isolate ourselves and, and it keeps us from thriving at what we are doing and achieving that which we aspire for. And so in this clip, I talk about that and I talk about some ways to overcome it. So let's go ahead and dive into episode 22. One of the first things I did after I, I actually was done, I left my law enforcement career and, and I started um, this business full time was to go to the Denver Digital Summit. So the Denver Digital Summit is an in-person summit in Denver where thousands of marketers come together and there's breakout sessions that you can learn from in different areas of marketing. If you want to learn more about social media marketing or creating captivating lead generators or copywriting or whatever it may be. There's all these different sessions that you can go to and there's a vendor show where you can connect with different companies that can help you help other people as far as your, your marketing strategy is concerned. And so anyway, I went to this digital summit and I think this was like only a month or two after I was no longer with the sheriff's office and it was awkward. There were, like I said, there were thousands of people there. And I thought, you know, going into this, I'm, I tend to be a pretty, I, I won't say extroverted. I tend to, I, I lean towards the side of extroversion. I have no problem communicating. I don't mind talking to people that I don't know and just walking up to them and uh, getting to know people and, and having small talk. And so I thought for sure, you know, I'm going to go to the summit. I didn't know anybody else that was going, but I thought, you know, I'll, I'll fit in, you know, I'll feel confident. I'll feel comfortable. I'll be able to connect with people. And, and I did connect with some people, but my overall assessment of things was that it was awkward. I looked around me and I was like, man, these, these people are weird. Like there's nothing that I have in common with any of these people coming from a 15 year career in law enforcement where there's this camaraderie, this brotherhood or sisterhood that exists. It was just very different to me. And I felt very disconnected. I felt um, like I was separated from my tribe and, you know, separated from the pack. And I didn't really know how to deal with that. It, it was strange to me. And I thought, man, is this the really the right decision? I started second guessing my decision for starting my business and what I was setting out to do, because I thought, you know what? I don't fit in. I don't fit in with these people. This isn't my tribe. This isn't my group. And, uh, I just, I, I wasn't sure that that was really what I ought to be doing. I struggled even, even after that for several months. Um, I, I would even say to some extent, this is really something I still struggle with. And that's that I felt like there was a lack of purpose. I think we can all or you can all understand how being a cop gives you a sense of purpose. I mean, really, none of us get into it because we're looking to make a lot of money. If we did, we wouldn't be doing it. Right. I, I mean, there's there's something deeper there. There's there's a sense of desire to help the community, to do something good, to get up every morning and say, yes, I know that I am going out and I am accomplishing something that is good today. And there's that that sense of purpose that that keeps you powered up, keeps you driving forward and gives you this inner sense of 
purpose. And so I felt like that was gone for a long time after I left law enforcement. And I didn't really know what my sense of purpose was anymore. And sure, I enjoy what I'm doing. I enjoy helping people grow their businesses. I love the connections that I make with people. And I like seeing that the things that I do in collaboration with my clients gets them success. I love seeing when they experience success and business growth beyond what they imagined because of what we're doing together. And that keeps me charged up, but it just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same type of sense of purpose. And I really struggled with that in my copper newer journey. I will say as a side note that my sense of purpose has been reignited and reinvigorated because of this podcast and what I'm doing or preparing to do with Leo to CEO.com. And so the, the sense of purpose, or, or should I say the lack of sense of purpose that uh, I struggled with in my copreneurship journey is likely something you too are struggling with as a copreneur. And sure, maybe you're doing something that's a bit less disconnected from the law enforcement world than what I'm doing in marketing strategy. But, you know, maybe, maybe you're, you're an instructor or a leadership coach or, or, you know, something that is much more relatable to law enforcement and you're still part of the law enforcement tribe. Even yet, I would venture to guess that you still struggle with this concept or this feeling of a lack of purpose, because it's not the same as putting on a uniform, putting on a badge and a gun and going out there knowingly walking into danger on a day-to-day basis because you're filled with the idea that you are doing something that is right and good for the community. So here's what I ultimately ended up figuring out and experiencing myself. And that's that isolation creates the feeling of loneliness. And uh, yeah, kind of, as, I, as that word rolls out off my tongue, it sounds a little bit like, you know, th- this isn't therapy, guys, but let's get real with each other. Let me be vulnerable and tell you that it does. Isolation creates the feeling of loneliness. There have been many times um, over the last few years as I've, as I've been on my copreneur venture and journey that I have felt lonely. I have felt like I was missing that that tribe like I talked about. Well, I'm sure you guys could hear in that story that I shared in episode 22 that I was isolated. Uh, Obviously, I I was isolating myself from my tribe, thinking that it was something I no longer had the ability to be a part of. And when you're isolated, guys, you can't achieve great things. So please don't isolate yourselves. You know what? You may not be part of the same tribe anymore, but that doesn't mean there isn't a tribe available for you. That's in big part what I started the LEO to CEO community for. So I would encourage you to check out the LEO to CEO community and go to LEO to CEO.com. That's L-E-O, the number two, CEO.com. Check out the L-E-O to CEO community. Please join us. We have a lot of fun. We get together. We do workshops. We have mastermind groups. Um, it is totally worth uh, jumping into and being part of a new tribe. All right. That is it guys for this episode, episode 100. Thank you 
for all of you guys that have been listening, especially since the beginning, I have a very warm place in my heart for you. But even those of you that are new and are hearing some of these clips from these older episodes for the first time, thank you for being a listener to the show. Stick around. We have some amazing things to come. I've got some big things planned, some exciting changes and updates for season three of the podcast that is going to start here as soon as these best of show episodes are all done so we've got a few more of those left for you guys so stay tuned and we'll catch you on the next one hey thanks for sticking around till the end of the show if you enjoyed this episode please consider leaving a review at leo to ceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app I would love to hear your feedback, and it will also help other copreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast, and search this episode number, and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.